and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up? A mental health podcast by the depressed, for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And today we have a special guest. My partner has decided to join us because we are going to interview him on how it is to date a person with depression. Hello, I am Lindsay's partner. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Lindsay's partner. Thank you, Lindsay's business partner. (laughs) Co-host. I think the, the technical term is co-host. It's late. <laughs> I'm tired. It is late and tired. I'm, gonna, I'm ready to open up. So tell us all about who you are. Who I am? Well, I um, I don't suffer from depression, but I have had experiences with it, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially uh, growing up in high school, um, I had really bad ADHD. And I took therapy without actually knowing, but it was just to diagnose me. Um, and then they put me on uh, different medication. Like uh, I don't think I took Ritalin, but I definitely took Concerta. And that made me really, really depressed. Mm-hmm. I started that in fourth grade. I stopped that at 11th grade. I, my routine was literally like, okay, go home, take the pill, and go to school. Be a zombie the entirety of the day. Go finish school. Um go to bed immediately after school and just rest, not eat anything because that was one of the side effects. So I got really, really, really thin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was my day-to-day life during the week. And then during the weekends when I'd see my dad, they would make me a ton of food and I would be like more of myself and I would eat a lot. To because make you wouldn't up for. take your pills on the weekend. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I did that all the way through my junior year. I didn't do it my senior year because, well, I had a lot easier classes and they stopped like at that point, I didn't have. Yeah. yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. When so, were you have? Would you say that you were starting to experience depression? Um, Do you think right away when you were really young? No. Well, I think most of it was when I was really young would be from the medication. But since I've been off it, um, I think I go in waves of sometimes where I just lose interest in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite movies, TV shows, video games, especially. Um, and then I just kind of like sit there and do nothing. And sometimes I'll just sit on my computer monitor and I'll stare at all my games and two hours will go by and I've done nothing. Just trying to find out what to play. Sometimes I'll launch a game, play for five minutes, get out of it. And I don't feel like it's an ADD thing. Cause if that were the case, I'd be busy constantly, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I just kind of sit there. I was like, Oh, and those are usually like my valleys mm-hmm. when I'm not like, I feel my best. But for the most part, that's like to the extent of it. And a lot of introvertedness as well, where it's like, oh, my friends text me. They want me to hang out. I don't feel like doing that. I'm just going to stay home and sleep. That's more of what I experience. Yeah. That sounds pretty familiar, too. <laughs> uh, I didn't act- I actually had friends who had ADHD and they were really heavily medicated when I was going through like middle school and high school and the like. I had one friend who was in second grade. And he, he was taking Ritalin at the time. And it was just like, I watched him become two completely different people from when I knew him to when he started taking it. Oh, yeah. And it was I, incredible. I was in fourth grade when they yeah. got me on it. It was like, I feel like I was way too young. I, I felt like I was just being a kid. Yeah. At that point. Probably. But probably were. Yeah. I yeah. think it was really overdiagnosed there for about a span of 10 years. Yes. Um, everyone was diagnosed with it. So... When you experience depression, is it, would you say, the rate of it in terms of how many times you experience it a year? Like, where do you think you fall? 
Um, I think I experience it once or twice every month to two months. Like, I think it's, there's definitely smaller intervals. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say it's like crippling. I feel like it's more of, maybe I associate it more with like an introvertedness where I don't want to go out. But then when I couple it with like losing interest in hobbies, that's when I feel like, oh, maybe I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes a while for me to get out of it. What is a while? Um, I think like a few days mm-hmm. um, afterwards, like I'll sit down and then I'll start playing music. I'll make myself play a game or maybe I'll like actually try and reach out to friends and be like, hey, let's go out. Let's go get lunch. Let's try something. And I try to actively pull myself out because mm-hmm. I'll be in it for like a day. And then next time I still feel that way, I'll become aware of it. And that's when I try to pull myself out. So usually. Yeah. Or I'll reach out to you and I'll talk to you and be like, hey, I'm feeling weird. Yeah. You know, let's hang out. Let's go on a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go see a movie or just like watch TV and just hang out. Yeah. So if when you met me, um, at that point, you'd already had experiences for yourself with depression and everything. And, and prior to me, did you, would you say that your previous partner or partners, had they ever had depression? So you knew what that would be like? Or is it a little bit, and I'm sure with every, as we, as my listeners, uh, as you guys know, uh, depression takes forms dependent on the personality. It's, it can mm-hmm. be very different for all of us. So um, I think if you're with one partner with depression, it might look very different with another. But going back to you, uh, old partner of mine, <laughs> mm-hmm. what would you say? So before I met you, my experience is my last partner did suffer from depression in a different way. And I won't really go into it, but it was yeah, a lot of... Uh, self-consciousness sure that also affected me and I would try to make her feel better but at the same time would bring me down and it was it was kind of like kind of self-sacrificial yeah and I think I became a lot more depressed and I definitely turtled a lot more during that especially towards the end Mm -hmm. where it's like I just went to work and then came back and then just like enclosed myself in a room by myself and just watched tv for hours until I had to go to bed at two in the morning. It was like <laughs> a drain. It's a, it's a yeah. big drain. I think for um, people who are unaware that they're depressed or unaware of their issues, um, it can be kind of a nightmare because first of all, you hate yourself because you're dealing mm. with all these things. And then you're with a partner who you feel like should be fixing everything. And she might have been at a place where she thought like things were getting better, but then she blamed you when it didn't. And so I know that if you're not working on it, it can look different. The communication can look different. So for being with me, somebody who's been through a lot of therapy and stuff, is it daunting? Because I come at you with all of this, like, here's all the therapy I've gone to, and here's my depression podcast. And here's like, and I think back in the early days, uh, one of our earlier episodes, we were like, when do you tell somebody that you're depressed or you have a depression podcast? When do you tell somebody that? And I think, luckily, you already knew. Universal experience, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a universal experience to know when to tell someone you have a depression podcast yeah so i didn't know who you were before i had met you yeah so i knew that you were running a depression podcast which i also assumed you knew about depression and Mm -hmm. were depressed at some points Mm -hmm. um but i think it wasn't daunting to me when you came out with it or told me like all the therapy that you've been to and like how much you've worked on yourself i think it's a lot better because you are actually very aware and when you feel a certain way you let me know and you're very communicative with me which i really appreciate because I did not have that before. I had 
mind games. Yeah. And those aren't fun. And we don't communicate, and then stuff yeah. falls apart. There is a lot of, um, for people who've kind of been through a depression sometimes, that we do feel like we forget that not everybody is psychic, and we aren't always giving our best voice forward in terms of like, yeah, I'm feeling like shit, but they should know. Because <laughs> I'm not acting like I'm supposed to. That's not the case, though, all the time. So it really does come down to communication being the utmost importance, yeah. no matter what. Well, what's also kind of nice with you is I feel like I can read you really well. And so I know if like you're in a funk mm. or, or something's going on and you're not yourself. And that way I could take different steps to approach any situation where it's like if you're not happy or maybe if you're like what it's what is it like for you sorry to interrupt but what is it like for you because i think you've seen me on all kinds of different (laughs) levels of happy and sad and depressed what are the tells for you when you can see that i'm starting to go into a depression and once i'm there um you get quieter you become less i guess for lack of a better term bubbly um, you definitely want to stay at home and be way more introverted, which I know we're introverts, so I understand, but mm-hmm. you're also, when you can be extroverted, you usually are sometimes, mm-hmm. and then that goes away. Um, then I think you become a little bit more irritable, just like some, some of the smaller things frustrate you more than before. Um, so those are some of the signs that I see where it's like, it's like some of the more, the little things you notice more, and I think they upset you more. But for the most part, that's... Do you have an example? Um, I don't know. Because right now, this, this whole week was very frustrating, but for other reasons. <laughs> with both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe it's like... Um, some, sometimes, maybe I'll say a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, we tease each other a lot, and I'll say a joke. And, like, sometimes it'll fall flat, and you'll just make fun of me for it. But sometimes, like, you'll be... No, actually, I do remember a time you were, I don't remember what we were doing, but we were at your, at your house and I don't remember what it was, but you were trying to make a joke about cups, about there was no room in the cupboard for cups or something. And you kind of like came out at me at a joke, but it yeah. was like kind of not in a joking way. It, it felt kind of like mean in a way. Okay. And like your tone of voice. Okay. And like, I didn't laugh and I was just kind of like looking at you and I looked at your sister. I was like. Oh, so it's a little a, bit harsher. Yeah, mm. I would say it's a little bit harsher. And that's actually the first time that I've ever experienced you being a little harsh towards me. Because usually you're know. really, really good about not putting stuff off on me or taking stuff out of me, which I really appreciate. You mm. haven't done that before. That was not always the case with me. Just so you all know, <laughs> I am not an angel. <laughs> it has been many, many partners, which I'm sorry if any of my partners ever, uh, ex-partners ever listened to this. I'm sorry for any of the things that I put you through <laughs> as somebody who had not gone through therapy. <laughs> 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 because I did some terrible and said some terrible things. Oh, God. No. I think we've all been through those kind of situations, <laughs> frankly. Well, you just grow up a lot. And I think I really admire and respect you because, like, you found out that you were acting a certain way and you didn't want to be this person. And you took steps to change it, going to therapy, working on yourself, self-reflection, whatever it is. And it made you who you are now, who is the person that I want to be with. Oh, thank you. You, yeah. acknowledge, you acknowledge when you've had your lows and you acknowledge when you've had your highs. And that's really... It's, it's just... The continuing struggle of all of us trying to get better. 
Also, something I've never had before that you do is every time, even if I don't notice it, but you feel like you did something wrong or like you were being cranky or something, you would always apologize. Oh, like, yeah. I try. When you, yeah. And I'm not used to that. So I really appreciate it. Take responsibility for being a shithead. You know when you were. <laughs> Um, so something I think, so for listeners who have a partner or a loved one who does suffer from depression, um, I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with something. A lot of times I think depression comes off as someone who's irritable and someone who just gets frustrated quickly is quicker to maybe put down their partner. And it's just because they have a lack of spoons and they're generally numb. And if you're numb, if you suffer from depression numbness, like I do, you just aren't sensitive. And you don't care and you're a little bit slightly annoyed all the time and your spoons are gone. Mm -hmm. So uh, for people who are with somebody or have that person in their life, what are what would be some advice that you would have? Find something that they love, like Krispy Kreme. I know you love Krispy Kreme. <laughs> oh, so you mean as the loved one, find something to ignite a happy spark in the other person? <laughs> no. Um, I think, well, if you start noticing that, obviously... Like for themselves. Less about the other partner, but... Something... Like, what do you do for yourself if you find that I'm becoming as, like, oh, Lindsay's numb and she's kind of pulling away and we've communicated about it? So, one thing that I need... That I tell myself a lot is, like, it's not because of me. It's because of a place that she's at and I should not blame myself or beat myself up for something that I could have done or should have done mm -hmm. because sometimes it's completely out of my control. And usually I think, like... Oh, no, I can fix this. I can fix that. And that's how it used to be a lot. But now I've taken steps to it where it's like, I feel like you need space sometimes and I need to give you a space and I need you to respect that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot of like, I'm trying to reflect on where you're coming from and how you feel and respect that um, and understand it. Because I think sometimes some partners, they see like something's wrong with their partner and they'll try to fix it immediately yeah and that is definitely one of my bad habits is if like, I feel like we're fighting or if some, something's going on. I try to fix it really quickly, and yeah. that doesn't always work, because you need your space sometimes. I'm totally the same way. Yep. <laughs> and I think sometimes you just can't fix it. Like you said, if you're someone's depressed, and they're frustrated, and they're dealing with a ton of stuff, and they just don't... Like, just imagine you at your lowest energy after you've done a ton of things for people, and you've been working really hard, and you're so tired, and you get to go to bed, because you know that once you sleep, you're going to wake up refreshed and with energy for the next day. Well, imagine you wake up, and you're more tired than the day before, but you're still frustrated, and you're still numb, and you still don't have any of those spoons. That's what it's like to be depressed, so it can be hard to be a good partner and to be giving. Yeah. So I think the best gift as a depressed partner you can give is just, like we said, communication. But like, yeah, hey... Not you, but everything's annoying me right now because I am exhausted. Yeah, because communication isn't necessarily helpful. It has to be effective communication. Yes. Clear communication. It, it needs to have purpose. Right. <laughs> it can't just be, you know. And so, like we've pushed in the past, you have to take responsibility for what you have. If you have depression, take responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. That means it sucks. That is something you have to deal with and you have to deal with it a lot. And... Christian said he deals with it sometimes for a couple days. I sometimes deal with it for a couple years at a time. And you just, you can't stop living your life. Um, that's not really a choice that most of us want to make. So what you got to do is you got to figure out ways that people around you can help you and be loving of you. I think my advice for if you have a partner who's depressed, like you're going in through something, is a lot of the times the little things mean the most. So if they're irritable or something's going on with them 
bring them some water. Get If they're in pain, bring them some medication. Buy them flowers. It's like these little things to let them know that you're thinking of them. And like you're with them. You're part of the process. You understand. Um, obviously, the communicating is important because there's three things. There's like you guys were just saying. There's either, do you need space? I can leave you alone. Do you want to talk about it and want my advice? Or do you just want to vent and let yeah. me listen? So, and sometimes... Your partner might not always tell you, and sometimes you have to pick up on the signs, mm-hmm. which is hard because obviously if you can communicate it, then you would kind of get rid of this whole section trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but yeah, the little things just to let them know, like, I'm thinking of you. I know that we're okay. I know that this is something that you're going through. I'm here for you if you need me, but I'll still do things for you so you don't have to worry about it. You know, even like running errands or just getting stuff done. Like if you know your partner's schedule, some of the errands that they have to do, just taking some of like giving your spoons to them Mm -hmm. helps. Now, how do you walk the line between being a helpful, loving partner and not becoming codependent? Because what can end up happening if you go into the caretaker role is it becomes a codependent relationship where that person is always expecting that and you're always overgiving how do you practice a boundary? I think that's a difficult one. And I think it differs per relationship mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Cause everyone's different. Um, but for you personally, for me, it's, I need to, when you're, if you like going, go into depression, I need to, I do go into more of a caretaker, but mm-hmm. I still try to give you space. And then when you come out of it, I need to take a step back and like, obviously I'll still be your partner. I'll still take care of you but I won't do things for you or, or baby you. So yeah, that's, it's just kind of like stepping in when you need to and stepping out when you've done your job. I think you both mentioned something very interesting also is when, when you get into a funk, Lindsay, how are you, uh, how do you usually approach kind of taking the other side of it when you are not the depressed one? I think it depends for like he said uh, the relationship but with uh this particular situation it's usually i you communicate with me and then it's well what what do you need and i think words of encouragement helps a lot i've noticed so if you know like hey man you're gonna kill it today at work like just an extra positive message in the morning or sending uh, music's really important um something i've asked him in the past was um what makes you feel loved by me what do I do that makes you feel special and loved Mm -hmm. and then keeping that in mind especially when things aren't going well so try to go a little out of the way to to do those things whether you feel like it or not there's gonna be times where you feel like an abundance of (laughs) loving energy and there's gonna be times where like you know I'm not really in the mood but I want to make sure that person feels loved and special right now and that's what's that that matters almost more than when you are super into it I think yes but to answer your question (laughs) I do nothing (laughs) <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that I've done anything in particular besides like trying to be just a little bit more positive with my verbiage? Well, I think usually I'm a really positive person most of the time. I'm I'm positive. You're over positive. It's annoying how positive he is. It's necessary in my life because I'm incredibly realistic and negative. He is an over optimist. <laughs> so it, I think it's a little bit more daunting as like a more optimistic optimistic person. When I lose some of that, and you as a realist, when you kind of give that back to me, like your words of encouragement or, you know, like to me, a lot of the little things of like, hey, I care about you. I'm thinking of you. Have a great day at work type of thing. Like those really 
help me. Those pull me out a lot faster. Um, I do have to do it on my own. I know for sure. But I feel like yeah, you don't, with you, you don't just give up. I think because you're a pos- you're a positive person, you don't just give up. Yeah. I think some of us, because we're so tired of this fight, sometimes we just get totally, we sink real fast. Sup? <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll be doing good for a week, and it's like, oh, I'm getting depressed. Oh, I'm depressed. It's like, oh, great, again. And then, boom, you're back down in the depths. Um, but for, I think, for you, you seem like somebody who can, is able to continue to hold on to that buoy. Try. Um, and then um, having positivity helps that. I was going to say something. That happens all the time on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to having a podcast. <laughs> Chris, you're somebody who um, has been both depressed and not depressed, correct? Yes, I have been both sides of this uh, of this fun little coin that we're on. And we have discussed this before. But is there anything that you're thinking of while you're hearing us talk about it? You're uh, making a face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you uh, can't see. <laughs> so the, uh, the the thing to me that's um, I don't know I. Uh, uh, I've discussed this on previous podcasts, uh, but I have come to the conclusion lately that I've never had a healthy relationship. Uh, so seeing you two does give me a certain amount of unique perspective because I see what a healthy relationship looks like. It is something that I am completely and utterly unfamiliar with. So from my experiences as being both the depressed person and the not depressed person, the I've been the caretaker as well. I have been in the codependent relationship. I've done all of the above. And, and, and it really is just a breath of fresh air <laughs> to just get that kind of perspective. So for me... As far as advice I could give, um, I don't think I could give anything better than what's already been said. <laughs> Just be, be open and clear in your communication, being able to not be afraid to confront one another yeah. when something is going to a south direction. It, 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 it is something that cannot be stressed enough that you need to understand that relationships are partnerships. You are going into this as mutual, wonderful people, and you are supposed to be supportive of one another in your downs and your ups. Doesn't matter. Just be good to each other. There's a problem. You face it together. You don't yeah. face each other. No, absolutely not. And I think um, something that is helpful for anybody who's listening right now who doesn't have a partner who's depressed, Sup. who's been in a lot of hard <laughs> relationships. So, <laughs> um, you know, just because you you have depression doesn't mean that you are going to only have toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all the other issues you have. That's why you have toxic relationships. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you call me your better half. <laughs> Never called him that. Um, She's lying to you. <laughs> But yeah, oh, okay. Well, is there any closing info for any of the guys or gals out there um, that don't have depression who are with somebody, maybe they're struggling right now and they don't know how to reach that person and they're trying to? So I think if you don't suffer from depression as much and your partner does, 
obviously the main thing is communication. And I th think that's a really important thing just for relationships in general. But what if they can't communicate? If what they, if the person's kind of closed down? If they can't communicate, then I think letting you communicating with them, because they don't always have to tell you what they're feeling, because it depends on what causes it. And sometimes they don't want to talk about it. And that's completely fine and fair. Um, but you can let them know like, hey, I feel like maybe, and sometimes they don't even know. So you can yeah. be like, hey, I feel like you're depressed right now. Um, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, if you need anything, let me know. I'm going to handle some of the stuff for you, uh, or like try to support you in any way I can. And yeah, just like, I don't know, just try to talk to you. Cause I think there was at one point where I started picking up when you were getting depressed before you even knew. Yeah. Yeah. That's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when you, when it comes to the non-communication aspect, the best thing that you can do sometimes is to just say whatever it is you're going through, just know I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want to talk, I'll listen. If you want to sit in silence, I'll sit in silence with you. Yeah. If you want me to leave, I'll head out. Yeah. But just, you know, you gotta let me know. I can't read your mind. <laughs> Being there for your partner doesn't mean you have to physically be there. Too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think if you're there emotionally, of course, like that, it's, it's huge. So I would just say like, make them aware that you are, that you understand, like you might not understand what they're going through, but you understand that they are going through it and that it's not their fault specifically. Like, I don't blame you at all. If mm -hmm. you like go into a funk, I know it's not your fault. I know it just happens. And don't blame yourself either. Because sometimes you do think like, oh, maybe it's it's my fault. I could have done something. Something I did. Yeah. Something I didn't so, do. But in most cases, it's not that. It just happens to be the circumstances of the situation. Yeah. So I think if you just let your partner know, hey, I know you might be going through something right now. I'm aware of it. If you need anything, let me know. And just kind of just be there for them. I think that's the best thing. Good advice. Um, I think whether you have depression or not, de no depression, y'all need a support system because your partner can't be everything for you. Yes. There are some times when if you have someone in your life who has depression and they just can't be open with you, whether it's a personality or because their depression is so horrible and they don't have the words, um, you can't, maybe you're dealing with your own frustrations and your own sadness and you don't want to dump on that person and you tried opening up a few times, maybe didn't work out. You need to have other friends. You can't rely solely on your partner for that. Um, if things aren't going so hot, changing up location, going camping, going on a date, getting out, it's always helpful. Yeah. Find some sort of escape that is not another human being. Yeah. Do something for yourself, even when you don't want to, because you don't have to be your own worst enemy. Yeah. And oh. if you're the, the non-depressed person make sure that you have mental health space as well. Cause mm -hmm. like, it could be a lot like, like they were just saying, you shouldn't, your partner shouldn't depend on you and you shouldn't depend on your partner. Obviously you're there for each other. So you want to try to balance everything, but do stuff for yourself too. Like I know with you, when I take care of you and when you're going through stuff, it never feels like a chore to me, which mm -hmm. I think is really, really important. And yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cause once it starts feeling a chore, I think you should withdraw and start taking care yes. of your own stuff. And, and that's happened before, but not with you where it's mm -hmm. like, Oh no, I have to take care yeah. of this person, blah, blah, blah. I have to mm -hmm. yeah. handle everything. And as a depressed in this relationship, I don't allow you to take care of too much stuff. You gotta yeah. hold, you have to be aware just because you're depressed does not give you the, um, 
I don't know, the the go ahead to just like, give up on everything. Yeah, <laughs> no. You still take responsibility for stuff. You still have to think of your partner. You should still do special things for other people. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. That was uh, a very interesting <laughs> yes. podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, yeah, thank welcome. you for thank you for being thank here. Thank you for joining us for this wonderful interview. And as for us, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to the subreddit. If you want to support us, we have our Patreon open. Link is in the description, of course, for all of the above. And if you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Send Krispy Kreme. <laughs> send us a Krispy Kreme. Well, please, please don't. Please don't send us please a Krispy don't Kreme. Ever do that in the mail. Uh, thank you guys again so much. Hope you're having a delightful week. And may you get over and through any obstacles in your way. And as always, don't don't tell tell us to just get over it. it.